Welcome everybody to the Detectress on the Detectress. So we are back to start the review of series two and episode one. And I'm here with my friend Ellie, Miss Detectress. How are you today? Hello everybody. I'm doing very well, thank you. How about you? Fantastic. Yeah, really good, thank you. Seems like an age yeah. since I last spoke to Happy you. Happy New Year. Oh yeah, can we still say that? When is it legal to say that? <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. You're allowed to say it. But how are you doing? You have been doing some amazing things recently. Oh, no, I've been all over the place and I've been finding lots of Roman things, which has been fantastic. I've got a new permission yeah, and it's yeah. turned into an absolute blinder. It's brilliant. So oh. I've been going up there whenever I can and taking trying to take sort of two and three day chunks to go and really do a proper job on it so yeah loads of exciting yeah stuff really exciting i really enjoy the way you put out your videos and you give a part one and a part two and you explain how you've been gridding and yeah. it really takes the listener and the watcher along with you on your journey and that oh, amazing field so thank you for watching it that's really yeah, great Thanks absolutely i always hit that like button <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i know what to do <laughs> like and subscribe like and subscribe so welcome everybody you will notice that there's just a Two of us tonight and unfortunately our good friend Carl the mental detector is feeling a little bit under the weather so we wish him well and he'll be back very soon after a speedy recovery but that means you've just got the dynamic duo of me and Ellie and we are going to go through the episodes so before we start with this episode Ellie what did you think of the end of the first season how it ended oh it was brilliant um, cliffhanger wasn't it with that beautiful yeah. visual shot of the you know coming up into the sky and seeing that boat and, yes, you know, outline. of course, it was before drones, wasn't it? Really, well, before the consumer use of drones, so that was something Absolutely. that they wouldn't have checked. And just, no. oh, I just thought it was brilliant. So you know that something good coming. We know they're in the right place, and that there are important finds to be had. <laughs> yes, or if they just walked away from it, that's a thing, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> I think it's so easy, isn't it? Just one step that way, or one degree, you go off, you could miss it. That's, that's it. Been gridding out, you see. That's what I've been doing. I, yeah, I did think about that. You're doing exactly the right thing. I started thinking about whether I should get 100 metre of builder's line oh, and all that kind of stuff. It's an important <laughs> site like they've got with this boat. You've got to do it. You've got to. You've got to do it properly, yeah. haven't you? Absolutely. So we start then. We're back. It's series two, episode one. And this one is titled Car Booty. And this one was on BBC4 on the 29th of October, 2015. So still so far in the past for us. <laughs> it's just too far oh, away. I can't even think what I was doing then. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we start off scene one. So we've got, um, it's dark and there's a monk and he's running oh. around a church. What a sequence. It was so good, wasn't it? I was immediately hooked. Didn't remember it at all. I'm atmospheric. I actually went and read the the script again for this bit because I wanted to see what was going on in there because I, I'm not like you know you've told me before that you also didn't pick up you know from school perhaps what we should have done right. <laughs> but, and you, you can't really tell from that scene you know it's set a long time mm. ago and you know there's this panic going on and there's this whole thing happening with a, a priest trying to hide some important things and and these warrior type people on horseback in the store yeah. it's very kind of dark and moody isn't it but so in the in the script it says that um that it's an english hillside in ad 1066 well we all know what that yes, was yes um, absolutely William the Conqueror. Mm -hmm. so they're appearing on this track on their horseback and this this poor priest is trying to quickly dispose of all the kind of important things and he finds this 
mega lift standing yes. stones and he buried there and uh and then it's sort of that lovely as it plays out the the um it's it sort of you see it all buried down onto the ground yes, and then goes down. up into the present day again. And I wanted to talk about the object. Did you find out about that? I I really no, looked at, I didn't have time. It. No, what did you find out? There's um in the um in this sequence there's this beautiful object and it's a Saxon it's called uh let me check, it's called an astol. It's a it's a pointing stick which priests use in the church. And it has a flat side which you can put down on the Bible to keep the pages Ooh. open. And it and it takes its name from the Latin hastula, which is little spear. So it looks like a pointing stick, but with a sort of round thing mm. on the end, very highly decorated. But apparently, there's been seven of these found in the UK. <gasps> One of them particularly was quite famous. Was found in Somerset, wow. and I think it was something to do with Alfred, King Alfred, mm -hmm. and. Uh, very very beautiful thing it's now in the Ashmolean Museum in, in Oxford and so yeah it's, it's lovely that he included that object I think as part of this oh, absolutely yeah point. and that seven have been found so that means people find them and some are seven and there were, probably will be more but I mean it's it's interesting isn't it so he's hidden it by this stone yes obviously as a marker in the landscape to where to go to find it again in the yes, future absolutely who knows what happened to that poor priest but he clearly didn't get to go back for that mm. stuff uh, and then in the present day when we come up above the ground again the stone is 10 feet that way, lying on its side. doesn't even look like a standing stone exactly. anymore. It's it looks like a boulder, down. doesn't yes. it? Yes, you wouldn't necessarily know to think, oh, it's like a no. standing stone. And it, and it proves that we, you know, what you're looking at today is probably not what our ancestors looked mm -hmm. at. We have to use different eyes to imagine yeah. the lay of the land. Mm. You know? Absolutely. And like with uh, big trees, any stones like that you find or any features, always search around them. Don't just ignore them. I'm going quite far because that stone might not be where it mm, was. Yep. You know, that tree, or there might have been a tree somewhere that's not there anymore. You yeah. Know, so it's, yeah. You know, get a different head mindset on, yeah isn't it? absolutely now i really enjoyed that introduction to the episode it was really interesting and uh yeah you as you say it comes back one day and there's andy and lance in the distance detecting and now lance goes oh it's not happening um shall we shall we try up there and he's pointing to somewhere else isn't he and then it when it pans out you see they're right by that stone aren't they if only yeah, they've carried like on feet, feet away. Yeah. And it's the reason why you just never want to stop at the end of the day, isn't it? If I just go this one, if I just get to the end, that you always sort of make yourself a little market. Like, I'll, go, I'll go one more row, or I'll do one more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're right there, and then, and then it cuts, doesn't it? And they're in an, a different location. And the first thing I was thinking when I saw them in this new field was how long the grass was, and they were trying to get through there, weren't they, with the long grass? Yeah. I was thinking, oh god. And then uh, there's a. I didn't notice they've in the program they've mown big wide strikes through the yes, field. Yes, helpfully. And that's mission. <laughs> uh, it's quite interesting that they obviously had to do that because it was summer. Yes, and yeah. Not really protecting that kind of field in summer. No. So they've done some jiggery pokery. <laughs> exactly. So they're trying along there, and then and then they move to some other bit, which is a bit that obviously been ploughed and farmers not grown anything, and and they're uh, yeah just having having a chat again about the university challenge aren't they they like to have their chat about the quizzes yes. 
So yeah, yeah. Um, Lance wasn't a fan of uh, some idiot waving his arms around when he got an answer to the question right. And then, and then <laughs> yeah, it's classic Lance, isn't it? Kind of planning his winner's speech for something that he's not even he's not even taking part in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Andy says a point which I've always thought as well: when someone gets like a really hard question right on University Challenge, and then they sort of take the sip of water, don't they? Raise their eyebrows and sort of. Celebration. Yeah, that I got be... that, everybody. Mm. <laughs> so I like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows what you'd do in that situation. <laughs> Those people are so clever. Yes, exactly. I think they can do whatever they like. They can do whatever <laughs> they like. Have you watched that one, Only Connect, with Victoria Warren Mitchell? Oh, I haven't watched it, but um, we did a Zoom through the lockdown period, mm. and that was a game that someone suggested <laughs> that we should play on Zoom. <laughs> And I was just—I mean, I'm not sick or anything, but like, I did—I could not get the hang of that game at no. all. It's completely back to it front. is. It is. Like, I think it's things that no one will say, yeah. but you know, it's like oh, what no. links all these things. And if I get one answer right on that show, I feel like I've won the whole show. So good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh gosh. So yeah, they're doing their initial hunt, and they always find something funny, don't they? At the beginning of the episode. So I think it is it Andy that finds the Tufty Club badge, and then yeah, yeah. I didn't know what what's no, to do. Tufty Club. I had to, I had to look it up. It's a um, it's a nineteen. 19- 50s it was called the royal it, the tough tufty is a squirrel oh. and it's the 1953 kind of um prevention of accidents campaign was tufty the squirrel oh, yeah. would come on telly and do um and you got and you collected a tufty mm-hmm. badge if you've done your training in preventing accidents oh, wow. as children okay so that's, that's so interesting. Mm. So yeah, it's just yeah. Look, you can still buy them on eBay. You know, these kind of <laughs> so there you go. We'd be quite pleased with that as a find, wouldn't we? If we got that, the information yeah. you found well, out. It's quite an old find. It survived a long time. That time, yeah, it did really, really well. Um, yeah. And then that's, of course, Lance knows everything, doesn't he? And he's like, well, you know why? Because this is a site of lots of old boot sales. So that it becomes yeah. relevant later on as well. But yeah. Yeah, and he found a bunch of cash and stuff. Yeah, on the, on the got... I often I often think that when I pass the field where they do a car boot sale, they call to me and think, "Oh, that'd be a good permission because you could come out of there hundred pounds <laughs> worth of cash every week." I bet. I bet. You know. Yeah, that's probably part of a business plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> car boot sale and take the cash on the door for the yeah. sellers and the uh, car and the car yeah. park. Then afterwards to do a quick sweep, quick sweep. Coins. yeah, coins, maybe a bit of jewellery that someone's dropped as they yeah. put it back in the car. Yeah, exactly. That's a good shout, actually. I've always thought there's a giant car boot sale near me and it's a lovely flat area on the top, the highest point of like Surrey. And I've always thought this would be really good for digging, but yeah. I haven't been brave enough to ask yet. <laughs> Make a suggestion, a, a 50-50 yeah. cut on yeah, the couch. Yeah, exactly. Just so I can get in there. I have to do, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and then you hear a baby modest go off, don't you? And a bit of cooing. And it's like, oh, there oh, we go. I know. That's sweet. And that sort of gives us a clue how long we've waited mm-hmm. to see them again, doesn't it? Because it must have been exactly a year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He's, he's sort of a few months old, isn't he, that little yeah. baby? And we, last time we saw them, they were pregnant. Newly That's pregnant, right. so yeah. probably about so a year. baby Stanley is there, and he's got the monitor in his top pocket of his shirt, hasn't he? Um, and then I'm thinking, yeah. where is the baby? <laughs> I know. I went into the um, the Detectorist series Facebook group, the lovely group of people who are real fans of the yeah. show, 
and um, and they there was a lot of posts about this, a lot of quite concerned people. Yeah. You know, like, where is this baby? Has has he left his baby somewhere safe? But again, in the in the script, it's quite clear that he's been left safely by a right. tree. <laughs> There's a ladder leading up against the tree as well. Some people are like, has he left the baby? That's in what the tree? I was thinking. <laughs> I think the ladder is one of those um, viewing. It's like a viewing platform for hunting That's right. and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know what I need to do babies. So I think we can rest assured. He's a very good dad. Isn't <laughs> he is he? a very good dad. Very, very good lad. And slightly before, we'd seen a shot of an orange uh, VW camper van, hadn't we, going through. So at that point, I wondered whether Andy had a camper van. But then, of course, when we pan back and they're starting to feed the baby, there's no camper van, as you say. Andy hasn't got any money, though, Andy Casey. doesn't drive. Money yeah, exactly. And he doesn't drive. Mm, I forgot about yeah. that. Well, one of the things I noticed was that he has called his son Stan. Yes. And his surname is Stone, isn't it? So he's Stan, Stan Stone. Stone. <laughs> Stone. And the whole thing was about the standing exactly. stone. So I think I love the name for a, <laughs> you know, But he's got that Lance's surname is Stater, That's isn't right. it? Yeah. And he's Andy yeah, Stone. I thought that was a nice choice Stanley of name. Stanley Stone. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, baby's safe. Baby is having his uh, milk prepared and we're getting it to the right temperature. And um, yeah, Lance wants to go out feeding baby. So he passes the baby to Lance and he's like, watch out for his head, watch out for his head. What all parents do with a young baby, right? Watch out for the head, very important. (laughs) He's like, I know, I know. Then you look and it's kind of cute and Lance is holding the baby very well and all the rest of it. And then he passes in the bottle of milk and he's just about to try and explain, you need to check it, you know, on the bit of your elbow to make sure it's not too hot. (laughs) And what does Lance do? He takes a blooming great big swig, doesn't he? (laughs) Oh my God. I couldn't believe that. That's disgusting. I mean, it's it's quite nice. Uh, (laughs) I've never tried it myself. (laughs) I'm sure I probably have by accident when I was feeding my children, but... um, I, I think, yeah, I think it tastes like custard. I think it tastes like kind of vanilla. Yeah. It's quite, I think it's quite sweet, but it's supposed to be. Of course, it's, it's yeah. It's baby, so the baby you know, wants it. Yeah, but anyway, he didn't seem to mind it, no, did he? No, he, he thought it was great. Mind. And Andy is in shock because, of course, it's obviously Becky's um, breast milk. <laughs> it's feeding baby. And Lance <laughs> has just presumed that it's going to be formula. So that, that bit was really, really funny. That was so funny. I love that sort of slapstick. Sometimes you get those funny little moments, <laughs> don't you, in this series? Like, it's something that's just so visual and just so like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, the God. amount of acting that Mackenzie does with his face, it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, and he's just got the most brilliant creased face, yeah. hasn't he? Just so expressive, so expressive. Um, if anyone's interested, uh, random hint, in Covent Garden, there is a place that does breast milk ice cream. Apparently it's very expensive. <laughs> oh, you oh, if you wanted to have a go, <laughs> that's my thought. I don't yeah. think I want to eat someone else's <laughs> breast milk ice cream. No, no it just seems no, a bit wrong, doesn't it? It seems a bit wrong. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he's um, with Lance is then cutting, well, it cuts away, doesn't it? And um, Andy's asking him why Lance doesn't cook anymore. Um, and you can tell that Lance hasn't lost his mojo a bit, hasn't he? And he's a bit like, yeah, can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he used to like his curries, which is a lie, but of course he's just been trying to be a good friend, isn't he? Yeah. 
Um, and then he's it's really funny. He starts talking about internet dating, and Lance points out that he's already married. So they've obviously all got married in this year as well. Um, and he's like, no, not for me, for you. Because he's worried about his mate, isn't he? Because Maggie and Tony moved away. So now he's like truly on his own. So and he's yeah. feeling sorry for his buddy. Um, and Lance is having a look for his binoculars and he sees the orange camper van. We see it again. And we see a young chap sort of surveying the area, don't we? So we're not quite sure mm. what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, we cut then to the next scene and you hear the familiar laugh of Becky don't you it's nice to hear her laugh again <laughs> yeah she's, she's yeah the... have a good old laugh that breast milk episode they don't... do that would be hilarious mm-hmm. wouldn't it if you found that out just oh, feel like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she's and then they start talking about the the next bit the next day when her mother has asked to look after mm-hmm. her little baby yes and then you've got to see what kind of a dad he is he's very anxious about making sure well, is she going to do all our routine? You know, will she make sure he has his nap? And his, you know, and you can see that he's almost, it's almost like the roles are reversed, mm-hmm. isn't it? Normally, it's mum that's quite anxious about things like that. Oh, yeah. Perhaps he's a stay at home dad, which he points out. Yeah. You know, he's finding it difficult to get work and she's had to go back to work. Yes, exactly. So he is very hands on. And you can also hear he's a bit defensive. He's obviously dealt with Becky's mum a lot in the past. And he's like, oh, God, she's going to ask me about my job. And he's a bit nervous about the whole situation, isn't he? The care for Stanley. And also the wrath of Becky's mum. So, yeah, he is very worried. Um, So... Well, he, he at this point as well, he points out because it was long about him getting his studies done and him getting his degree, wasn't he? And then everything would be okay, money wise. And then he points out he magically thought he was going to get a job as soon as he got his degree. And that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? They, these jobs are not ten a penny. Is, no, and that is the thing about degrees in general. I think mm. is that you, you think you're going to be able to sort of get a better quality of job. And maybe that is true, but you've got to get a job first, haven't you? And that's that could be really hard. Exactly, exactly. He's struggling, he's struggling. So struggling. That was the same for me. So I had a criminology degree and then a politics master's, um, thinking I was going to go in a certain direction. And then in the time between trying to get my dream job, that's when I got the job in what I actually do now. And then I ended up loving yeah. that. So what I do now is absolutely nothing to do with my degrees. You've got to follow <laughs> crazy route through well that's yeah. that's life it's isn't life. it but all that <laughs> university experience it really does help um so yeah we we skip then um after becky has hand handily passed off a baby with a dirty nappy back to andy and escapes yeah, well, <laughs> mum skills. skills exactly um we're back at the club the dmdc and terry is talking um, and you can see it cuts to Sophie. Sophie's still there, which was nice to see. And she sat on the side with Andy and Lance. And then you see uh, Louise and Bard and uh, Russell and Hugh. And Terry is talking about their finds table. And I don't know about you, but I paused when we got the good shot of the finds table to see exactly was, what was on the finds oh, table. Oh, did you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because our finds table at my club is a bit different, because we all have to write a label uh-huh. with what the item is. It's got to be anonymous as well, because it's quite competitive. Oh, okay. And you put, you put a label next to your object. Yeah. And you're allowed to put three objects on it. You can, you can put a coin, a hammered coin, a milled coin, 
a beach find and an artifact. So it's four four different categories you can put something yeah. on. You have to write down a label with each one, but you don't put your name. Uh-huh. And then each person comes and votes. Oh, wow. And you get points. Yeah. And then through the year, your points accumulate. And then there's like a prize at the end of that. That's brilliant. Oh. So it sort of encourages people to bring something to share, yeah. you know. But their table was different. It was just just a load of objects on the table. Yeah. Like, it seemed to be musket balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, what else did you spot them on the scroll? So in? I've got D buckles, so quite a lot of D buckles. There okay. was a couple of yeah. buttons. It looked like there might be a lead button on there. There were some crusty right. coins. It looked like Georgian coppers, something like that. There was a few broken clay pipes, so some eyes only finds. Yeah. And then, yeah, all the musket balls. It looked like there was about six or seven musket balls at the top at the back. Yeah, I suppose that sort of says maybe says a lot about that area. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. I'm jealous. I don't have a club that I can go to where I can put fines on said table. <laughs> All the clubs around oh, me are sort of the clubs. It's just really do the nice day. to be able to do it. I'm, I'm still trying to get my online fines table set up, but yeah. it turns out it's actually quite hard to um to do to do a sort of two way thing online. Yeah. But I'm still thinking that way, so I can do that. Because I think that'd be a really nice thing to be able to it share. It's really fun. Yeah, exactly. Fine tables, yeah. Fun. Although if you've never found anything, it can be a little embarrassing as we just, as we see with <laughs> um, you know, having to admit that it was his badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's mine. <laughs> um, so yeah, Terry starts talking about his love of the musket balls from the Civil War era. And yeah, I always feel excited when I find a musket ball. Um, I love a musket yeah. ball. They feel so nice in your hand, yeah, don't they? The weightiness. Nice weight. Mm. Yeah, just lovely, lovely objects. I mean... But he's very right to point out about the health and safety there, isn't he? Indeed, yes. Especially when you're a detectorist, because you soon get a lot of lead, don't you? And uh, yeah. it builds up. And it's not really that well. Um, not many people talk about that, but it is really important if you're handling lead with your bare hands to wash your hands. And definitely don't then go and eat because mm. lead poisoning is really not cool no, thing to get at cool. all. It accumulates over your life. So it's, if you're someone that detects a lot through your life, Makes a real difference to mm. take off care around there. Yes, sure. Another good reason to wear gloves, let alone not slicing your hands to bits and all the rest of it for handling, especially yeah. the old <laughs> stuff. That's all right. <laughs> Cough away. Especially right. the old stuff because the older lead obviously flakes off more, especially when it's like really white and powdery. So, yeah, good tip. And for all, all yes. my musket balls that I've got, I put in, um, I think it was an old gherkin jar, so a really big jar. So I've got that and I put them in there every time and do the lid up so they're nice and safe. And That's a really away. good idea. I might mm. jar. Yeah. And then I've got my favourite really big ones in my finds cabinet. And then you get the old one. I found a couple with still the sort of um, spurs on them from when they were originally poured um, and it still has the pointy bits. So that's obviously where they've been making some and hadn't knocked off the, oh, wow. the, the I'm runner. I've never had that. And a few that have obviously impacted with something and gone upon stuff. Yes. But I haven't had uh, um, one of the spurs yeah. on it. It's cool. And then you wonder, what did it impact? What did it go splat on? You just don't know. Finally, one of my landowners actually told me the other day that he found in the field, one of the fields I detect on, he found the actual tool that makes the musket. Wow. That, like, it's like a mould thing. Yes. Like, the, Too hard. He said it, it looked like a kind of clamp or scissors or something like that, but it had little holes in it where you pour the lead. Yeah. But you obviously do it like that and it makes them create little spheres. Wow. So he said it was in the loft, but I must ask to see it or maybe I'll show it on my video. Yeah. So that'd be really interesting. That would be so interesting. Yeah. I hope mm. he finds it now and brings it down for you. 
Very, very yeah. cool. So where are we then? We're talking about Terry is, uh, he's given his uh, advice about the toxic items. So what's this? This is like rule number five of detecting club or something. Yeah, we need to start making the actual book. We, we? <laughs> we need to make a list, absolutely, <laughs> for future detectorists. Um, and then he starts talking um, about what's on the table and he asks whose is the Roman phallus and there's a, a giggle from Russell and Louise says it's mine. Yeah. We can only imagine what Russell is trying to insinuate there. Yeah, very rude, very old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned, yeah. rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we do all find these phalluses quite funny anyway. <laughs> we do find them. Yeah, they are quite funny. <laughs> they really are. I have them on my desk. I have phallus on my desk. There you go. Everybody got a phallus <laughs> rocking around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and Terry starts talking about a rally. They want to do a rally, don't they? But they've got no location for said rally yet. Um, so everybody's a bit quiet. And then Louise looks at Vard and she sort of gives her the nod. And she says, well, you know, we've just got permission for an Edwardian rubbish dump which makes me excited to hear that i think wow that sounds Absolutely. really good yeah but sophie she's just got gold fever fever hasn't she and she had this at the end of the last season as well and she just points out it's still a rubbish dump it's disgusting um and louise is asking the question and she's like well how long does anything have to be in the ground to become archaeology very good question right what do you get excited yeah, about it's a good question definitely mm. and i mean <laughs> Um, an Edwardian rubbish dump is going to be full of great bottles and all sorts of things to find. All sorts Not of things. Yeah, I mean, history is stories, isn't it? And mm. I think that, I mean, uh, the traditional way of looking at it is if it's 100 years old, it's an antique. Yes. But I mean, wartime things can be just as interesting. Absolutely. It's about the story, isn't yeah. it? I think, she's, I think Sophie's a bit neg, actually, and considering she's quite new to the group. Mm. She, she should practice a little bit more humility, I think. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I think she's turning into a bit of a bore fest with her negative opinions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Sophie's not happy, but and Terry's informing her it's not all about gold. You can see she's got gold fever. Um, and then Terry's like, well, until someone else comes up with anything better, that's a good option. Um, and then he goes around and speaks to Russell and Hugh, and they've started a jewellery recovery service, which we all tend to advertise <laughs> as detectorists in the hope that we'll help someone, of course, first and foremost, but then it might also lead to permissions and stuff. And uh, they've started off and they've helped an old lady, which I think Russell refers to as an old biddy, um, rudely again, <laughs> finding a ring. And they've ended up on the front page in the newspaper, haven't they? And it's a lovely picture of yeah, Hugh and Russell looking pleased as punch. And it's quite funny because they once again get it wrong and put metal detectors find. <laughs> yeah, you know, and <laughs> metal detectors. A recurring joke that happens at least twice in each episode. I know it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um, so that's all good news, and everybody claps, which is really good. And then Russell's saying he wants a vehicle. He's like, "Can we get a vehicle of Terry?" And Terry's like, "You what?" <laughs> really funny he wants a vehicle to make it more professional and then Hugh gives away they've obviously been talking behind the scenes a little, ch little bit of chat and he's like you know like Ghostbusters <laughs> and I find that really funny getting some kind of old vehicle with the, the flashing lights on top and then it'll be all like pictures of detectors around the outside I think that would be quite cool yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny as well because that vehicle that the uh, 
the orange camper mm. it's kind of scooby-doo vibes it really it? is yeah you're right yeah is that the color of the camper van is scooby-doo it's not orange i think i don't know if it's green oh. or might be green, but it's definitely that kind of style isn't yeah. it it's gone along 17 yes so and you know what? At the end of the last se- episode of the last series, when it was all getting a bit weird, and Andy was waving the photograph around, and who had taken the picture of him, well, Sophie kissing him, he said, "This is like a bad episode of Scooby Doo." In that part, no, I did. did. So maybe that's a little link that you've just discovered ah, there. Ah, yeah. oh, you've just thought something I've never heard that yeah, before. Yeah, that's really cool. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Who knows? <laughs> So Terry's like, no, we can't stretch to a Cadillac. And then he's got another idea that he wants to raise. And this is where we see our lovely Sheila. I think I'm Sheila's number one fan. I do love it when she appears. Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. <laughs> so she's got a fun fundraising idea. And what could it be? Of course, it's a suggestion they should do a <laughs> naked calendar um, with the founds, the fines pouches covering their privates. <laughs> <laughs> And it just really kicks <laughs> off at this point. And I've got a vivid imagination. So my imagination immediately went to everybody being naked with the fines pouches covering their bits and pieces. And the ladies would obviously have to keep on like their fines waistcoats or something as well. Well, they usually do it. Yeah, the farmers ones, like the ladies turn like this to the, the back. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually a bloody good idea. It would raise an yeah. awful lot of money. Katie, I'm expecting you to organise oh. this for the next Christmas. Um, no, no, no. I think uh, our calendar. <laughs> is that what it's going to be? It's going to be a Christmas calendar. As the door opens, <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs> who is it today? And it just zooms out and you see who it is. <laughs> That's an idea, but I might let you have that idea for your virtual detecting oh, club. No, I won't get in enough trouble, is it? Yeah. Oh, so funny. So they're all going a bit nuts at this suggestion, aren't they? They're like, no, 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 no. They do a vote. Only one person votes for yes, and that's Sheila. And then Russell immediately puts something else on the table. Can we all vote that we never get undressed in front of each other? Everybody immediately puts their hand up and they agree they're never going to get naked in front of each other. So there we go. And then the door opens to the club. Now, whenever the door opens, when they're having a little meeting, you know that something's going to go on, don't you? Be it Fleeces or Sophie in the last season. But this time, uh, a handsome young chap walks in looking for the detecting club. And he's got a bit of an accent, hasn't he? So who is this stranger that's just walked in? Well, he's got some very, very big hairstyle going on as well. Very big. I know, it's this massive... Big hair, little hat. (laughs) Yeah, little hat. Yeah. He's he's got quite a look going on. Yes. I mean, they they could have put him in some Lederhausen or something like that. (laughs) That's the only other place they could have gone with his character. Um, is a new guy and I didn't catch his name for a while I don't know if he says his name for a while but his name turns out to be Peter did you hear him Mm. introduce himself? I didn't but maybe I missed it I'd like no I don't know how we found out he was called Peter yeah towards the end of the episode someone said Peter Um, but he comes in he's explaining he's looking for the site of a German plane crash in the war Um, a German plane crashed and his grandfather was um on that plane so they've gone to the pub and he sat there kind of explaining and i like the way they always go to the pub after their meetings and have a pint it's nice isn't it they sort mm, of just that's nice. have a general chat um so yeah he's saying his grandfather there was a message he was missing presumed killed 
Um, and then he starts talking about um, Henry's Henry's Henry Stone. Did you catch the name of the stone? Henry Stone. It. Yeah, it was on the map actually. It was on the map when they were looking mm. where they were searching. That that name was there. Mm. I think all of these names have been made up. Yes, and not really a, a place. Yeah, but Henry is the name of the mm. place. Mm. Um, so then Sophie, I think she's uh, quite keen on our friend, new friend Peter, um, and she's just trying to be very helpful and recommends going to the library. And um, Lance is laughing at Sophie due to uh, earlier Edwardian comment and saying, you know, well, that's just trash and that's not archaeology. And he points out that, you know, this is World War II, so this can't be interesting either. No. <laughs> Yeah, double standards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Lance is just so switched on and smart, isn't he? He won't shine yeah, pointing yeah. out. He doesn't stop the fools, does no, he? Exactly, one? exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. then, yeah, um, they're talking. Terry's saying they're all right, and apart from their quirks and foibles, and poor old Peter, he's like, well, "What the heck are quirks and foibles?" <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got a chance, has he? No, exactly. Um, so there's a bit of silence at this point, and this is where Andy sort of shifts in his seat a bit and raises a question to the group, doesn't he? And he's like, hands up, who thinks Lance should do some internet dating? <laughs> and everyone's like, yes, absolutely. Poor Lance, he's just not ready, is he? He says he doesn't want a relationship. No. And he's he's going through a period of voluntary chastity, to which Andy <laughs> yeah. nearly chokes on his point. <laughs> just too much information, thanks. <laughs> we don't need to know. We don't need to know. We're just suggesting you should uh, meet somebody. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, they obviously leave the pub and you see Lance running upstairs to his flat, the flat that you told us about had actually been sold last season um, and I, had a, I had a second look at the flat when he was going out, it did look like a nice flat, nice big windows actually. Yeah, yeah nice flat yeah, not yeah. too bad at all it. Well, it was on these again, I was in the, the group again this week, I don't know if it's been oh. sold again, but it's just yeah, there you go. Lovely flat, <laughs> lovely flat. Good Very good buy. <laughs> we all like the flat. Um, so yeah, you see Lance inside, and the first thing you see is what a tip the flat is in. Right, it's really messy. Yeah, he's struggling, isn't he? Bless him. Yeah, he's really struggling because Maggie's gone, and you know the penny royally dropped at the end of the last season, where Maggie knew about his lottery win and was just after his money and using him. Yeah, which we not cool. all predicted. So it's it's a bit broken, but we hear the lovely sound of him singing a "New Age Girl," which is such a catchy little bop. <laughs> I did like Very catchy. Yeah, he's still practicing that one. He is. <laughs> He needs some new tracks for his repertoire. <laughs> he's sat on the floor because we know he can't play not on the floor with on his cushion. Um, and then the phone rings. And this is exciting, isn't it? The phone rings. He jumps up and answers it. And you're trying to make out what's going on. He's saying, no, I've sold the fish tank. He's got rid of his fish tank even. And he loved those fish. Um, and he's talking to some lady called Kate. Um, and Lance says, oh, yeah, sorry, I haven't had time to reply to emails. I'm a bit rubbish on email, a bit rubbish on the phone. And they agree to make some plans, don't they, to go for a coffee on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So then he sits down and he's deep in thought. And I'm like, oh, so he has gone down the internet dating route. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go and meet somebody. So that's all very interesting. After he was protesting so much. Yeah, mm. across like that it was very cleverly it done. It was, mm. wasn't it? You were thinking, oh, okay. Um, so we go back to Andy and Becky's house, um, and 
Andy is on the phone. Um, he's sort of on the phone, isn't he? He's obviously on hold or something. And he's telling Becky again that mum needs to follow the instructions and the whole routine is messed up. He's really upset about the fact the mum is taking Stanley. Um, and she says, all right, Gina Ford. And I did look up this one because I was like, who is Gina Ford? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but it turns out Gina Ford was an ex-midwife that did loads of baby books. I didn't know that. You probably... Right, yeah. Quite old <laughs> Is it? Quite old But still, I think still a lot of people read it. Yeah. There are some of the classic ones and I think that's one of them. Yeah. So Becky's taken the mick out of him because he's so into his parenting, which is really good. Um, and then he suggests that he might write his own book with his own unique blend of teaching instead of the name. Brilliant idea. Love it. Hey, baby metal detecting, <laughs> number one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's on the phone. They eventually come back and they're telling him or someone's telling him that there's nothing available for him to do because he should be now going to work, right? Because the mum is taking the baby. But no, there's no work available. So he can't do that. And it's all arranged anyway with the mum. So it turns out he's going to have the day to himself, which we'll find out more about later. Um, and then Becky asks whether she can go out with Gay Martin later. So we had mentioned a Gay Martin in the last series, didn't we? Yeah. But it turns out he's not. <laughs> <you know. laughs> it was all okay at first. And then she's like, oh, he's not really gay. He's <laughs> really quite handsome. In fact, it's only called gay martin because he's actually <laughs> the opposite the most heterosexual man in the world yeah exactly yeah um so at this point he's still gay martin and she's talking about he used to volunteer in Colombia, and she's obviously got itchy feet again hasn't she and she's uh saying that he did what they used to talk about and maybe they could think about going yeah. to africa it's an idea and Andy's like, well, we can't right now because the baby's so young. And, you know, it's a bit of a non-starter for Becky, isn't it? But you can tell she's a bit, like, peeved and consumed by this idea. Um, and then, yeah, this is the when she confirms that uh, his gay Martin just isn't gay at all. But she kind of chuckles to herself in the cupboard, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she enjoys that little wind up a little bit, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, and the way he's trying to play it all cool, he's like, oh, right, yeah, of course it's fine, yeah. <laughs> you know he's going to be quaking in his boots, absolutely. <laughs> so we arrive at Becky's mum's house. Now, this is a brilliant moment, isn't it? Because we f we meet Becky's mum, and who is it, of course? It's, oh, I think it's Diana it's Rigg. It's the most wonderful Diana Rigg, yeah. So nice to see her on screen again. I remember when she first appeared in the series, always been a fan of hers. Um, of course, she passed away now, but she was magnificent in the series. So it was nice to see her again. And he says, hello, Veronica. So in this series, her name, Becky's mum, is Veronica. Um, and yeah, it's the sort of interaction with the mother-in-law, isn't it? She's like, are you working? Of course, he has to be like, no. <laughs> I know, poor bloke. Looking for a proper job and he's just trying to survive this conversation. That's how it comes across. He just wants to get out of there. Yeah. She's like, what are you up to today? And he's like, metal detecting. He doesn't want to own up to what he's doing. No. No. <laughs> Good luck finding metal, I think she says at one point. And then Lance pulls up in the TR7 and does a honking of the horn and like, are you ready to go? And she's like, oh, who's that? And Andy's a bit like, oh, no, I wish that hadn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Again. And then Andy, bless him, he tries to hand over his carefully written instructions for the baby, doesn't he? She's not yeah. having it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Not in the, not having it at all. No. He's such a good dad. He did write a book. He could write a book, yeah. We'd read it. Um, and he tries to put the instructions down on the floor even and then she just kicks them away. She's not interested in anything he's got to say. She's raised children before, so that's pretty much the end of it, isn't it? And then she slams the door. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So not good. And we see Andy and Lance in the car. They're on the way to the dig. And it's nice because it's this detecting buddy and he's just letting it all out, isn't he? And he's like calling yeah. call her a, a stupid old bat. <laughs> and Lance is like, well, in what way silly? Because I think she'd refer to his car as a silly car, right? And he was a bit offended by that. <laughs> he's like, well, what do you mean silly? <laughs> Um, his beloved car that is let go rusty by the sounds of things as well, which is another sign he's not yeah. in a good place. Um, and Annie Reader's has got clothy, so this is a oh, that's so sweet that little bit. Yeah, it on his cheek. Yeah. yeah, he's he needs comforting. He needs a comfort blanket. Yeah, in that. Do you think it's his first time away from? I think it's, I think it might. Be. It's quite hard to leave mm-hmm. your baby for the first time, mm. particularly with. The other person's mum. Yes. It's quite hard. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he's trying to cover all the bases with his note and she's ignored it. And yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. Sure he'll be I fine. mean, Andy. Andy, <laughs> Andy the baby, exactly. Mm-hmm. Andy will be fine. But he wants to go back, doesn't he, and give uh, give the blanket over. And Lance is quite hard about it, isn't he? He's like, no, baby's going to be six months old soon, needs to toughen up. <laughs> I was like, oh, steady <laughs> <Yeah>. on, Lance. <laughs> Oh gosh, so they're in a happy place, they're both detecting and Andy's telling Lance that it turns out Gay Martin isn't even gay because <laughs> previously Lance has gone, well he's not a threat if he's gay, he's not a threat it turns out he's not and it's just been a uh, a nickname all along and he's talking about work and he's asking if there's any jobs at the depot where Lance works and he says, well, yeah. you know, if you can drive a forklift and of course yeah. Andy can't even drive a car so that's a no. Like, yeah, it's really having no luck with this job business. Not very much luck, no. And he is very skilled. Yeah, and he's done loads of jobs. We've seen him doing loads of jobs yeah. through the whole series. So, yeah. what they said to him at the agency was, "You haven't got any skills." So that's just not true. But yes, it's easy to feel knocked, isn't it, when you're in that kind of situation? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And he's. You can tell that his self-esteem's taking a kick and he knows that his relationship is kind of dependent on him getting going, isn't it? Because Becky's obviously running out of patience, having to be the one always going to work. And of course, Becky's mum, Veronica. Um, so, yes, Andy finds a signal, doesn't he? And Lance is like, ooh, what you got? And it's a blankety-blank checkbook and pen. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's so Although good. it turns out there is no pen, it's just the checkbook. So who is this? How did, they, how did they find it then? Yeah, exactly. Who, was it metal? The outside, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, they're metal, those yeah. ones. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so someone around there has been on shows and stuff because they found that Jim will fix it for yeah. you badge, didn't they? That oh, he lobbed yeah. it in the hedge. So yeah. someone around there has had great fun going on the telly and then just lobbing their items when they obviously haven't won and they've yeah. got the runner-up prize. So he um, is asking, and Lance, with his knowledge again, he's like, "Well, who is it on there?" And he says, "It's um, which one does he say it was? Les Dawson, Les Dawson. yeah, yeah. Who apparently is the most common because he did the most episodes. And what you really want to get is a Lily Savage one because Lily Savage only did like fifty nine episodes. That's the one. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's more of that knowledge, and um, and he's like, "All right, Rain Man," because he's pointing out he knows everything about everything. 
And he says, uh, where'd you find that out? Is that at your TV nostalgia convention? Which I found interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, there's a convention for everything these days, isn't there? So TV nostalgia. Um, and he says, oh, I'm not going to the next one after the last one. Although it's rumoured that Lee Majors will be at the next one. Um, and Andy's like, oh, $6 million man. And this is where the, the end of the series joke comes in. He says, no, it's only, he's only worth a hundred grand now. And then both of them say that's why he does the conventions because he, he's not mm-hmm. a $6 million man anymore. He's just a hundred thousand pound man. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends on a high. Yeah. Some more. On a high, a gentle joke. Yeah, some more of Lance's knowledge. That's a load of fun. But yeah, that was a really good introduction to series two. And we see yeah. that they're on the hunt for something new with Peter arriving. We see that the baby is here. New dynamic. Yeah, they've got married. Yeah, new dynamic with the group. And they need to do a rally. Um, And yeah, planted the seed for you and your detectress naked calendar for charity next year, Ellie. I'm not doing it. You have your job to organise. No, I think I'll pass all that one. Uh, so thank you, Ellie. Really good to see you again. No, oh, lovely to see you. Thank you so much. No, and I look forward to seeing you on episode four, um, where yeah. we'll go a bit further down the storyline. And really look forward yeah. to seeing you on your videos on your YouTube channel, Mister Texturist, which has taken oh, off, yeah. and your adventures that you've been having recently. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for watching it. All right, brilliant. Well, I'll see you very very soon. Take care. Then. See you later. Bye. Bye.